Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Ancient Wisdom of the Feminine. We have a very special episode prepared for you today. This episode is dedicated to the next generation of medicine women. I'm Shristi Yadav. I've been working in the ways of the feminine for many years now. I co-founded this radio in hopes that it will bring new light into the hearts of the people. Here with me today are Patrice Lange from Ohio. Patrice has been working in the ways of the feminine for 10 years. Our special guest today is Sarah Truth. Sarah has been studying the teachings of the Divine Feminine for almost half a decade. She is trained as an artist and has worked for many years as a teacher to awaken the creativity in others, especially the children. I want to welcome everyone. Hello. Hello, Tristy. Hello, Sarah. Hi, How are you guys? Hi, Really good. I'm good. This is a great show to start with, thinking about the women and the young women. So I have here questions posed by Magdala Ramirez for us. Uh, the first question is, what has changed in you with the awakening of your divine feminine? Hi, this is Sarah. And um, I'm excited to be here. I've been on a journey preparing to be here, learning so much about myself and thinking about this question of what has awakened since working with the Divine Feminine. And I feel as if it was like almost stepping into a new world. Um, You know, I grew up, in Kansas, I grew up in the United States, and I grew up in um, a way that's very common to others where everything's about the external world, and so I knew myself as a reflection of what was being shown around me. If I had certificates, degrees, ribbons, accomplishments, how I looked, uh, if I had the right boyfriend, if I said the right things, if I was charming, if I was sweet, all these things from the outside world. And when I started working with the feminine, it brought me to my inside world, to who am I when all of those things are removed. And it's kind of a shock. It's like standing there naked because all of a sudden all these things that you thought were who you are, you recognize are just these they're just pretend. It's just like playing a role. So 
it really has kind of rocked my world because I'm trying to learn who Sarah is without all that external. Who is she from the inside out? So there's been a lot of changes just in how I observe myself, how my relationships are, how my relationship to myself is, and always overcoming new obstacles that I see. But at least it's awakened me to this awareness that I am so much more than what these limitations I had put on myself saying that I am. So really, I guess it's been a journey of the self, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I remember I remember the first time I met you and um you, you've changed so much since that time through all the journeys that you've taken and made. <laughs> yep. What about you, uh, Christy? Well, it definitely has been a journey for me too. Uh for most part I think I've definitely become more self aware about what I think and how I think um, about myself, like where I'm coming from, if I'm thinking just from a just from a mind or where my heart is, the decisions I take in life, why I'm taking them. This, I've become more conscious of the way I live more so than I ever was. I mean, I grew up in India, and, you know, definitely has been, um, there has been a spiritual side to things to begin with. But ever since I started working in the ways of the feminine, it's really even overcoming my own cultural aspects, habits, and behavior in so many ways so I can just reach myself better if that makes any sense because there are so many cultural just as a culture and just as people we do so many things and I've had my peculiarities that really block block myself from understanding myself in a different way and that definitely has been part of my awakening of the divine feminine. And that, and um, you know, with people in ceremonies and relating with people has been such a biggie for me. I was always one of the loner kind, you know, loner science geeks. And it's been such a journey to be able to see someone. And we practice this in ceremonies all the time you see them and you find that mirror inside of yourself. And and that helped a lot because for me to not be afraid of people in general. Um, so those are some of the things that, just some of the, only some of the things that the awakening has brought in me. So yeah, I think like there's a big part of um, the world that um, thinks about only things on the outside and all these things that we've been talking about come from the inside out, especially, you know, that connection that you build with other sisters through um, just kind of 
being in your heart. That seems like a big part of it, doesn't it? It really does because it doesn't matter the age. We're able to relate with each other despite our ages, uh, the cultures, even the languages, and somehow have this beautiful awareness of this love and to the point where we don't even say things to each other and we can just look in ceremonies. Right, Sarah? I love that. I love that connection where you can just look and see exactly where the other person is at. And I think so much of that comes from knowing where you're at. And I was thinking how Patrice just said, oh, I remember the first time I met you and thinking I showed up so kind of like into myself, like, oh, I'm so cool. I come from Boulder, Colorado and I do all these cool things, and I do yoga, and I have a cool boyfriend, and, like, everything was very self-centered, but it was self-centered from this outside world, and as I started doing this work of be- actually working with this the, the true self, right, and knowing where I'm at, then I'm actually able to have those connections with my sisters, because I don't have a bunch of gunk in the way making it hard for me to see where my sister's at. You know, it would be really hard for me to connect with you, Shristi, or you, Patrice, if I'm thinking about um, all these other things in in my little itty-bitty world. But if I can just know where I'm standing, and then it's easy to be clear and connect to the people around me, which is such um, can create such a shift in relationships, in all relationships. Although, you know, sometimes it's it's not quite that easy, is it? Because sometimes you have to uh, be honest and truthful and put things on the table, even if it's uncomfortable. We've experienced that as well. And those experiences help uh, help you connect through that, through that honesty and truth as well. Yes. Yes, and I think maybe kind of the way I'm presenting it right now makes it sound really poetic and romantic and flowery, but it's been a lot of hard work. And uh, awakening to the feminine has not been easy. It hasn't been, you know, rose petals being thrown out in front of me and I'm feeding grapes and I'm enlightened. It's been so much hard work. It's been so facing so many truths. It's been saying things that make me feel uncomfortable and and facing times where, you know, I've betrayed myself or another person. And um, Shristi and I have worked on that one where I have, you know, been dishonest or tried to drag my sisters down and then have to face that I did that. And that's a really challenging thing to do because you have to be honest with yourself which it's pretty easy to just um, to, to kind of deceive yourself if you really want to. And I was thinking on the same topic that it's been, for me, so easy to identify with anything and everything that comes out inside of me. And I think, I don't know if other people have the same experience, but... That's been one of my specific challenges where if we're putting something on the table and I feel strongly, and that's something we work on, 
to during ceremonies to understand the forces inside of us, the jealousy, the competition, even the good forces too. But to understand them without completely identifying with them. And we do this again and again in ceremonies. You bring it out, whatever you are, truly within yourself. And it may be really, you know, you can judge it as ugly or wherever that is. You know, you might be feeling unworthy, despair, whatever, depression. But when we bring it out, you know, there's this beautiful thing we do where the other woman does not say, oh, poor baby. Oh, let me help you. You know, there's none of that. Instead, there's this thing where we look at each other and we're like, okay, now that that's out, stand up and let's do what we need to do. And get up again. You know, don't just keep, have have it be fallen. Stand up, grow beyond it. And we do that again, and we, we've trained in that in one way or the other. And it helps so much to be able to discern what's going on inside myself and at the same time to be able to say that honestly without completely being harsh on myself and taking it in this I'm in this low self-esteem way. Does that make sense? Yeah, because that's like another identification, right? So yeah. then you can, if you and I are having a conversation and we put something on the table and I realize, oh, man, I've been a you know a real jerk or I, I've really betrayed my sister, I can go into, oh, my gosh, I'm horrible, I'm awful, and then this other force is going to come in and now I can attach myself to my guiltiness to my shame, and then that to <laughs> what? And that never helps either. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's a, it's an obstacle though. It's this trap that um, sometimes I can go so far down that trap too, and then an hour, two hours, and our entire day has gone by, and I have missed out on so many opportunities because I've I'm so about myself in that moment and not in a good way, not for the highest good of myself, not for the highest good of the people around me, but instead just sulking in this guilt and in this shame instead of getting up and trying again and and making those changes that need to be made, putting it on, as, as, as Ma would say. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, I mean, I, I remember a couple of our very first lessons are, if you find that thing that you have the biggest reaction to and then become the observer of it, that's when you can really learn a lot about what's feeding that. That's that's a a great uh, way to start to get past some of those those reactions because those, those deepest things that you have often cause the strongest reaction. Can you give an example, Patrice? Well, I mean, a personal one for me, um, I guess, you know, uh, one of my big, and a lot of it's related to fear, you know, whatever your fear of is. uh, You know, my fear of of love 
makes me react strongly against men, as an example. And so if I am in a situation and here's a guy and he's being a real jerk, you know, I can easily get angry instead of seeing it from, you know, my fear of men. That would be an example for me, but um, I don't know what your examples would be. We used to call them, remember we used to call it uh, stalking the dragon? Like finding mm-hmm. the dragon and and, uh, and and stalking it and seeing where it gets fed. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, your your dark feminine side that wants to make you compete. We were talking about that earlier. And when do you when do you feel and notice as an observer that competition takes place? And you know, how do you react to it? Can you be an observer or do you let it take over? Mhm. That's a powerful one. So I mean, I think with women, women in general, I was curious that as young women, um, how much you experience sort of the the those you know dark feminine or um, things that stop you from building your own sisterhood relationships. Is that really common or? Or, you know, you're pretty much past that. You know, I'm like 60, so it's been a long time <laughs> since I've been in my 30s. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I, if I look back kind of on my journey as some you know, having my first moon time and entering into this world of being a woman, I can see how so much of my training that was not a spoken training, it wasn't like it was taught in a book, it wasn't explained to me, it was just what I observed from the world around me. So much of that training was about the men. And so it was about, you know, how how do you do things for the men? You know, it's about the father or getting the attention of maybe the male teacher or it could be um, getting the attention from the boys. And and that is something that I see happening at such a young age, not only happening in myself, but the young women that I taught who were in middle school also receiving this um, unspoken training, whether it's coming through in television, families, society around them. And and it's really hard because then, then there's this competition that's happening between the women to get this attention and feeling like there's something missing or there's something that they are less than if they don't have all of this attention from the men, and it can't even be not just the men, but just the attention from that kind of distorted patriarchal society, whether they're giving you prizes or praises or awards, um, but you're you're always working to get this attention to make you feel like you're good enough. And I think that's the struggle that I saw in a lot of the young ones that I taught and that I saw in myself growing up is, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. How can I do something 
to manipulate the situation to make sure that I'm good enough or that I feel like I'm good enough. And so that can, you know, create the jealousy because I might see one of my sisters and think, oh, well, she is getting more attention than I am, so I need to compete with her. And as I'm getting older, I'm just seeing how much destruction and pain just that energy alone causes in the world. And I really am starting to believe the more that I work on seeing that one inside myself and seeing changes that if those changes can really happen and we can help for a healthier generation to come forth, you know, we can really change the world with making these changes. I mean, bring forth new relations, new ways of relating where there's not so much um pain or violence against the self or against each other and bringing that sisterhood forth, you know. I can see how the times in my life when I felt like I had that sisterhood um, or I do feel like when I have that sisterhood, it's such a different feeling. It seems like anything is possible when that is there. What do you think can you can you put your your finger on the things that changed that for you? Was it more around finding out who you really were and or, or what do you think it is in your journey as you've you know been able to overcome that? I think there's multiple ways that it's this awareness is coming to me. I think one, having working in ceremony and having a space where I'm really looking at myself and and my sisters that I'm in ceremony are actually calling me out on things so I can have this awareness. I think it's also ha- become awareness through making bad choices, like I've made some choices that have caused a lot of pain to myself, and then I can look back and go, oh, my gosh, what in the world was I thinking? What was the intention behind that? And, like, and I can see how much it drains my energy, how it almost felt like for a while maybe broke my spirit, you know, all these um, reflections you have after something happens. Um, and going back and reflecting and learning from it, and then also having journeying and developing deeper relationships with women and having these conversations like we're having tonight has also been another, you know, big lesson. So these life experiences um, connected with the relationships that I'm having. So... I wish I could say, like, it was all um, beautiful, but sometimes it was really messy. And, oh, my gosh, if I could, I kind of get why sometimes mothers will say to their daughters, if I could just help you to not make the same mistakes that I did. Um, Because there's, like, a if I think of my nieces or if I think of 
the children, I would want to protect them from ever feeling some of some of that pain. But I know that everybody has their own journey. So it's definitely been a journey getting here. And I think I'm still working on it. Okay, wait. Not that I think. I know I'm still working on it. I know there's still times where these obstacles come up for me. (laughs) Especially with men. You know, my gosh, that's like a lifelong practice. And I I get better and more aware, but I have to really observe myself. You know, that's something. Now that you have said that, this thing about men, you know, women relating with other women in front of men versus when we're just together by ourselves, it feels so different. It feels like when we're just by ourselves, we can be a lot more open, we can say a lot more things, and but when we're with men, the atmosphere changes, and it's it's still there. I don't. I haven't quite figured out how to instantly figure out this connection and just put myself so open with um, this people I I meet. If it's not in ceremony, we do that. It's easy for me to do that in ceremony to some point, but. At an at an everyday level, it feels like there are so many filters inside myself. There's the filter of culture, because I feel like each culture has its own code. Then there is this thing, okay, well, she's a stranger. I don't know her yet. And then there's this, okay, this um, commonality, finding some sort of a common base to be friends. And I just wish all of those weren't there, because those just seem like such ridiculous facades and I mean here we are and the way I relate with the two of you it's just so natural I don't need I don't need to have find a common ground like we don't need to both like to play piano in order to be friends and I feel like that so much of that is still there everywhere especially if you're young I mean yeah we have interests and it's okay to have different interests I mean, you and I have different interests, but that shouldn't be the only thing we should connect with. And that you know, I'm you know, I'm really an expert in men, but the um, (laughs) I you know, I think as you get older uh, and you learn a lot more about who you are, and maybe it's not even a process or time thing. Um, it gets much easier to um, relate to people on your own terms, you know, because sometimes it feels like, you know, as, as women, we have to go for that, valid, you know, someone to validate us. And when you really um, are standing in your own power, you don't really need that anymore and you can start to connect, you know, to people in in a different way. And, you know, as we've been learning in our work, what happens on your outside is really a lot about a reflection of what's going on inside of you. So if you're, you know, um, if if you, you know, how you deal with relationships uh, comes from all those filters that you talked about, Shristi. 
So, and it's actually a good reflection too, isn't it? Like, well, really, what's going on with this one? How am I really feeling about myself at this point? Well, that's there too. But I think there's also, you know, sometimes you have to be a little bit more braver to bring something uh, to the outside from the inside. Like something I know how to do, but I, there's that hesitation in me still of, you know, and I feel like excited and I feel it in my heart when I see other people and, but there's this hesitation, like how do I approach them? And I know some of those things, you know, come naturally to other people because they're more people's people. Um, but that's definitely been one of my journeys. So I want to put. Go ahead, can I just say something real quick? Well, I just was thinking or, or feeling into this as you were talking about the um, validation, and I was thinking, gosh, why do I want this validation so badly? You know, and like, where does that really come from? And I, I mean, I'm just gonna bounce this idea, and you guys can tell me what you think. But I feel like in me, it comes from this. I want to connect. I want to connect with people. I want to feel that connection to people. You know, as much as I can roll my eyes at people, I also really love people. And I really like having those connections and those friendships and and bonds with people. And I think as distorted as the validation, I mean, I can see that the validation is a distortion, but if I look like where that's coming from, it's this this urge to connect. And I think how cool would it be to be able to fulfill that urge with everybody being so true with who they really are and in their their original being, you know, like that those those connections are so much Stronger, and so maybe there comes a point where I'm, I want those connections, but I have to be willing to let go of the distorted connections that have given me a sense of comfort or a sense of love for a long time. Yeah, and then maybe if you um, if you think about it in that way, uh, kind of what goes astray is when you start to, you know, when we start to feel like there has to be some, you know, some attachment to it, you know, like, well, then they have to like me, which has nothing to do with it. You know, you have to really just like love yourself or, you know, understand actually that, you you know, that connection is through the love that you are. Maybe that's the distortion. You know, we were talking earlier about how it, how we're all trained in the U.S., in a system that makes only things real if they're on the outside. And so they teach you you need to be validated instead of know yourself and stand up in your own power. Or teach you that love is outside yourself instead of that you are love. You know, like it's something you have to look for. Right. And and you can almost hear it in the speech. You know, like, oh, you know, um, did you, are you in love? If I, you know, this one's a great one when I go home for the holidays. And 
everyone's asking me, oh, have you met that special somebody? You know, or are you in love? And then if I say no, then that's almost implying I'm out of love, which is kind of funny. Like, oh, I don't have a boyfriend, so I must be out of love because I'm not in love. Instead of, you know, teaching the young ones from a young age or from the day they're born that they are that love. They don't have to look outside of them to be in love because they are in love, because they are love. Going home for the holidays can be a real challenge in facing your um, reactions, can't it? Oh, my goodness, yes. Uh Uh-huh. And and, and (laughs) I I like to, you know, make everyone wrong. When <laughs> so I have this big reaction instead of actually just saying how I'm feeling. Like I didn't even realize I've been reacting to that one for years. The oh are you in love? Did you find somebody special? And I've been <laughs> reacting to that one for years instead of just saying like oh yeah actually I am in love. I am love. And having this knowing about it, you know. That's a good one. So hey, here's another question. Um, what is the perception of yourself in the ways of the feminine? Or how do you experience your connection with the Great Mother? Sarah, do you want to tackle that one? I have been thinking about this question and thinking about it and thinking about it. Maybe that's my problem is I'm thinking too much. But the, that was such a powerful question to hear. How do you perceive yourself? How do you perceive your connection with the Great Mother? And I realized I am perceiving myself every day, but I might not be doing it consciously. So making that question consciously was a challenge. But I could go back and I could see, wow, yesterday I didn't perceive myself very well. I perceived myself as somebody who wasn't smart enough or I perceived myself as kind of lazy. And not being conscious of my higher self and connecting to that higher self. And I think that is the connection to the great mother when you are making things consciously, when you are perceiving not only yourself but the world around you consciously, that is when you have that alignment with the great mother. And it's not something that I feel like is just given to you. It's not like you can just sit around and be watching TV and just, you know, like somebody's going to come bring you a plate and serve the great mother to you. You have to show up and be of that service and make that work. You know, like Ma said, nobody's going to do your spiritual work but yourself. And and that's so the truth. So it's not just going to be given to you. And so work, it, I don't know if it's just like working for that connection to the Great Mother. I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for, and maybe you guys can help me out here a little bit, but it's like being present to or um, actually making the effort to make that 
connection rather than just waiting for it to be handed to you. And maybe well, you guys often, can help me elaborate on this idea. Well, you know, we often talk that. about being in the presence of your own presence. The other thing yeah. that came to mind while while you were talking is the, a great a great um, thing to remember is when you you know talk to her, she always answers back. So sometimes it's just that little voice of of an answer that you get. You know, it could be as as uh, simple but as powerful as that. It, that's that connection that you have. I want to share. I interrupted you. Go ahead. I want to share this experience. So, I closed my eyes and I just asked the mother to show me how she sees me, and she didn't see any of the things I see in myself. She didn't see any low self-esteem. She didn't see any, you know, financial issues. She didn't see. You know, school, she didn't see how much work I had to do, um, what was stressing me out. She didn't see even my face as I see my face or the beauty that I judge myself on or the clothes I'm wearing. She didn't see any of that. And you know what else? She didn't even see my past, whatever I think is my past. She didn't see my past mistakes, my ups and downs in life, as I see my ups and downs in life, and my depression, my anger. She didn't see me through any of that. She didn't measure me through the things I usually measure myself with or I've been trained to measure myself with in society, you know? <coughs> Instead, it was this amazing love, just as I was. And this incredible understanding happened in myself, just as I am and what that means. You know, Ma says it all the time, the original vibration, Mother sees you through the original vibration. And you know what? That is it. And I saw myself through that. And then I really, that shifted things for me. Because so much of my living comes from judging all my new experiences based on my past experiences. Even meeting new people sometimes is, oh, that looks like someone else. Actually, no. This is a new person. It needs to be new. And I don't know where we get this fear. I don't think it's a natural thing to have fear of new things, honestly. But I think having the eyes of innocence, of not guiltiness, of not past experiences, of it gives you this unbelievable freedom within yourself. Not not necessarily to forgive yourself or to let go of yourself and all that stuff. It's like feels like you're embracing yourself in such an intimate way that 
in that moment, you're fulfilling yourself. Just standing as you are or sitting. And it feels so unbelievable. And then the next day I asked her, how do you see other people? And it's the same. You know, we hold so many grudges against each other and we quabble and quarrel over the stupidest things. The competition, God knows what else. I mean, human beings bring in so many complications and expectations and attachments and you want to change the other person because they're not fitting into your little world or they're not doing what you want them to do or uh, the plans aren't going accordingly and I'm freaking out because I can't control anything and I have this one a lot. You know, I freak out when I experience new things a lot of times. <laughs> Are you kidding <laughs> And you guys know this, you know, because apparently everyone needs to know it too around me. Unless you have Stop. a manual. And then you <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I love you. But, you know, and that really got me thinking, you know, when we see other people, do we really need to carry the baggage? Even the baggage of the old relationships. Why can't yep. every moment be a new beginning? You know, why is it so hard? It's not when you go into that alignment, you know? And one thing I do want to say to everyone is that every perception is unique. Like, what I've experienced is mine. What you may experience will be different. So, and I know there's many ways to do it, but I think... Either way, everyone's going to have their own unique experience if they go into that journey. What do you guys think? Well, you, the thing you just, well, that's the thing you said, just brought all these new thoughts to my mind. And especially, so here you are talking about how we, something new comes to us and we don't even know how to have a new experience because we're relating it to a previous experience like you meet somebody new and you go oh wow you look so much like this friend that I had in grade school and da 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 and immediately you've projected something onto them that's not even who they are and I'm sitting here thinking what is my perception of myself and then it hit me oh my gosh what is my perception of the great mother and how many times have I taken my old experiences of maybe what I learned in Catholic school about God or maybe what I learned at a summer camp about God and I've projected them onto the great mother. So it kind of became clear in me as you were speaking, not only am I working on having a clean perception of myself so I can really see myself, but also doing that work to have a clean perception of the great mother to really be able to see her and know who she is. And, you know, that's so true, that thing you're bringing out. How do we perceive great mother? And for the longest time, you know, she can be a genie. She was a genie for me at some point until I snapped out of it. And I was like, this is nonsense. Like and a genie, like a Santa Claus thing? 
Like now it's like, no, you put it up a lamp, and then, you know, she comes out and grants a wish. <laughs> <laughs> the great mother is the genie in the bottle. I know it. <laughs> yeah, I've done that one. It's so, you know, it's so important to realize that you're responsible for your thoughts. You're responsible for the even the pattern you create, it, be it emotional patterns, mental patterns, whatever. But you can't blame an external source for how your life is turning out to be. You have to take full responsibility of yourself, of who you are, where you ended up, And I do want to debunk this notion of I need to suffer or I've ended up in this way because it's my karma. I mean, come on. The great mother is not about that. You make a mistake and then you fix it. And that's one thing I know Ma says always and is so true. And you guys tell me what you think. There's always a way out. You're never stuck with one set perception of yourself. You never, you can always find a way out to a new being. What do you think? I think in general that the bars that we have, the jail bars are things that we create for ourselves. And um, when you learn to face whatever that thing is that put those bars up and you can dismantle them. We, we've we worked on that exercise. They're self-imposed, you know? Yeah. So when you, when, when that just, when that disappears inside of you, then those, then, then those limitations also disappear. Like, are you saying like you become, if you have those, these, certain perceptions about yourself, like maybe Shifty was saying it could be, oh, this is my karma, or um, it could be, oh, I have this perception that I, I am supposed to suffer because that's how I learn, and, you know, life needs to be hard in order for you to actually be successful, or whatever it is, those perceptions that that you become a slave. When you say, like, bars, like, that's what keeps you trapped. Like, you're the one who's keeping you stuck in that perception of yourself or perception of your reality. It is your perception, so it becomes your reality. So when you shift the way you see things, then, you know, that freedom is possible. And I just want to repeat it again for all the listeners. Patrice just said it is a perception and then it becomes a reality. I just thought that was so powerful just even hearing mm-hmm. that. And maybe that's a- part of the thing that we're doing now in, you know, when you really, they really don't become separate, the, the male and the female. It's when the, you're actually using them together. Uh, the, you know, it's they. It, we used to say the cause and effect becomes one, but um, what that means is that when you know and create from who you are on the inside, that your outside is a good reflection of that. So if you're creating through fear and 
you know, or, you know, shame or loneliness or whatever, that's what you see. If that makes sense. That makes sense. Here's another. You know what I think is one of the greatest things about working with with you guys uh, as a, you know, as I said, I'm in my 60s, but it's so great to have uh, relationships with people who are young because it creates, you know, it, it, it's just a great thing to bring all the different ages together and all the different, you know, people from all over the world together because it, it enriches us to have that. Yeah, in our, I agree in our ceremonies, you know, we've had so many great um, experiences because of of that. Uh, so many different kinds of people, and especially the you know the young young women who are learning about themselves. And I also think it breaks all those stereotypical relations, like. When you look at an old person, you know what to expect. You have a very preconceived notion about how you're going to relate with an old person or how you're going to relate with a baby. And when we have all the ages together, in one way or the other, I feel like we can see each other as a soul and have all these journeys together, especially in ceremony. And it feels to me, you know, in so many ceremonies that really, when I listen to you, Patrice or Sarah, that it's just I'm listening to another part of me. And that's just that, that even though we're separate, it's one voice speaking through different mouths. And that experience of mine is just so has been so beautiful to figure that out, and it just makes the world so ma- so much more magical. And if we could figure out how to create those kinds of connections, you know, we did that through because we love each other. You know, we. Um, you know, work from our heart, and now how do we see the world like that? That would create the sisterhood pretty quick, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. So here's my next question. How do you experience the higher world within yourself, and how have the ceremonies of the feminine been for you? Wow, it's it's like the biggest blessing ever to experience those higher worlds within myself and to even know that they exist. And I'm thinking back to my very first moon dance, which was five years ago now, and I had no idea what I was getting into. I mean, I just didn't even know that there was 
a reality beyond the limited perception that I had of reality that we were just talking about. I mean, that's what I knew to be real, and that's what I knew to be real. And the way that I got high was, you know, do a bunch of drugs and go to a concert. And that's just me being very honest right now. And it, and that was what I thought being high was. And and I think um, for me to recognize that I could achieve this space that um, or learn about this whole new space inside of me that was so much more real and honest inside of myself than any previous experience of trying to alter my mind that I had before. And and that was very life-changing for me because on some level I was seeking, like, I I didn't believe this reality to be, the, the reality I was experienced that I could be the only one, but I didn't know that there was this, like, great ability to connect to this source of love and and to feel, and that's what being in that higher reality is. It's like being in a reality where where love is the greatest um, driving force of that realm and that there is no competition or envy or violence or pain because it can't exist in a realm that, that, that is that high. And knowing that that's something that I could access inside of myself, that I didn't have to look outside of myself to access that. I mean, it, it's so life-changing. I feel like I'm stumbling over my words right now. And because how, how do you put an experience of such deep connection into the confines and the limitations of language, and I hope that I'm doing my best right now to, you know, communicate as honestly as I know how. But it's been life changing. Would be the the greatest thing, and and it also has made it challenging coming back down because you come back down from these realms where there's that love and there's that connection, and you can feel this cleanness. And then you come back and it's hard to be in a reality where you can you see, you know, the pain or the violence or suffering of children. And I think that's where that work is, is like how to be in both worlds, how to bring the lessons from these higher realms that I've experienced and bring them and start, you know, shifting and changing the planet because, a lot of the things that are being done right now just really aren't working, and we can see that all around us, you know. And it would be easy to just like, oh, I'm just going to go escape and be in my higher realm all the time, you know. But coming back and doing the work, you know, and facing those obstacles, that, that's, that's work. That's part of it. And maybe, too, Sarah, it's um, learning to stay there and through that bridge that you make, it'll be possible for others to see it instead of going back. Maybe that's a different way of thinking about it.
Can you tell me more? Can you talk a little well, bit more about that? Talk a lot about when you're, you know, when you are working in the higher realms and you um, you can't bring all of that stuff with you because it just doesn't work. So how do you stay there if you stay there and make it consciously? And through that work that you do within yourself, um, it might create a bridge for others to see it. And Because all work is each individual person's journey, right? Mm-hmm. They, they need to go themselves, but can they, can they see a bridge about how? So through your work, and through the work that you do, it creates a bridge for people to see how can I start to see the world differently. Because as soon as you get hooked into, you know, going and fighting with the, with that what they call the hologram, you know, that um, has all of that stuff, then you'll be attached and hooked to it. Yeah, I see. What do you think, Shifty? I think going into the higher world has been the journey of my life. I mean, experiences beyond experiences and expanding perceptions. And to be honest, the things I experience, I have no words for. And it's been so many ceremonies, and yet I haven't found my words. Not quite. But I do know this learned to make this dance inside of myself, within my male and my female. And to dance, to make that sacred dance, within myself, and I know how to do that consciously, and I've learned that, and when we go high <coughs> together, oh, I just love being in that because there's this, it allows me to be completely open, I don't have to have even a name for myself in there. And it's vulnerable. I can just be so open and vulnerable. And especially when we're with the people we trust and we love. And there's just so much love in every, you know, even when we're drumming, every beat. And the dance that we make and going all night long dancing and singing and praying it has been opening it's been really it's experiencing really what a higher world is within and that's definitely helped me to shatter any of my ideas about afterlife what happens after we die? Well, if you're born stupid, you're going to die stupid, is what I always say. And I'll apply it to myself. My consciousness 
about an awareness about myself and my understanding of myself, really, and of my own being is what's going to be there at the end of it. And ceremonies for me be that, that portal of learning and understanding and growing, seeing other people, relating with other people when you're that high. That is a big lesson, has been a big lesson for me because it's just such a new way to relate. You can never learn that anywhere else, you know. You can go meditate for 100 hours if you want. I mean, that's a different training. You can do yoga. You can go have tea. But that specifically is just something so amazing that it transforms you as a person forever. And more than just as a person, it transforms how you see yourself. And even if, you know, you get lost in how you see later on, what you know about yourself. That, and I do want to say, you know, ceremonies has been an intense training for me to be strong. I mean, every time I think I can't do it, I'm tired and I'm hungry and oh, I need to put this on and carry heavy things. And, and I just find that I am stronger than I think I am. And in one way or the other, going into ceremonies, I break all that that doesn't belong in the upper realms and it's all in the lower realms. The things we buy into, you know, the chauvinism and all that nonsense. Things women come to believe as that are tags on women. I mean, you really bring the strength of your being, a whole being. It doesn't matter what age. My God, you see women picking up blogs, creating fire. You can, you can even almost imagine. I've, I've imagined, I've had this experience, you know, where I'm in ceremonies, and this is when I was like um, 20. And here I am, and there's all these women and lifting heavy stuff and doing cool, amazing things and going high and dancing. And I was just thinking to myself, my God, these are superheroes. And that, you know, at that age of 20 years, being around women so strong, that in one way or the other, you know, has just changed my view of what to see a woman. You know, it doesn't matter if you're 60. I see you as a warrior. Capable of just doing so much. And I love that. I would have never gained it if I wasn't at that ceremonies. So those are just some few ways that I've experienced and how it's affected me. Um. One last question. What do you want to say to the next generations? Sarah, what do you think? You know, I you were just talking and saying you were 20 years old at your first ceremony, and I was thinking I was 29 at my first ceremony, and 
so I'm thinking, well, what did I learn that was so life-changing for me to give to that next generation or share with that next generation? And then thinking, too, of the young ones that we've seen in our ceremonies at 13 or 14 years old coming to moon dance and just blooming. And it's this ability to connect to your own voice and be able to bring that voice forth into the world. And I know that you have so many obstacles that are trying to get you in the, you know, to get you to not bring that voice forward. There's obstacles that are trying to tell you how to be and what to think and what to wear and how to act and what should be on your Facebook page and, you know, what's the most important music you should be listening to and how to find the strength inside of you to overcome all of these obstacles to bring that voice, your true voice, to this world because we need your voice in this world and we need your connection with this world and your voice is changing the world and it's going to be challenging at times but you know we're right here with you and there's other women who are doing this work in the world too this work that I think a lot of the young ones are feeling called to do and they don't even know what that call is but they just know that something's not right that they want to see a change, and they're not even sure exactly what that change is that they want to see, but they want it so badly, and they want to, you know, believe that there can be something better in the world. And I just tell them to hold on to that belief. Don't let those obstacles stop you. You can overcome them. You can work through them and find that deep trust in yourself, that voice that we were talking about earlier that you can hear inside yourself. It's like a knowing, like a deep knowing in your heart. Don't be afraid to listen to your heart. It's there. It's right there with you. We're right there with you. Women all over the world are right there with you. Jason? I guess I would... My message would be uh, that you are a you know, strong, powerful being and that you have the ability to stand up in that power and that um, I like what Sarah said, that we're all in this together and so let's, let's change the world to the way that we know it is and, has, you know, and needs to be. I'm ready for that one. I want to tell everyone that it's time we realize the true sacredness of ourselves. Mm. And it's ceremonies working in the ways of the feminine have not just helped me realize the sacredness of my being. But guess what? I am learning amazing teachings that were not available to women up until now. Like this. Imagine that. 
about sacred sex. Wow. About going into higher realms. Who thought that was possible? I didn't. It has been an amazing adventure for me. And I want everyone to know that that connection as women that we have with the Great Mother is the most sacred. Our cycles, the moon time that we have, that is an amazing, powerful time. And I think we need to realize and bring our true power forward. And we can only do that through our being. When we believe in that sacredness, that's when we can actually stand up and find a higher truth. And I know there's lots of obstacles, but we are so unbelievably capable and strong, we women. I mean, you won't even believe it. If you just bypass the programming, you'll be right there with me. And we can create so many things, so many new things with our sisters. And I wish for everyone to have that experience of that deep love, of that sisterhood, of of that knowing within yourself and that fulfillment that comes from it. And so be strong, be bold, and be you. Um, Do you guys want to say anything else? It's really been fun talking today with each of you. It really has. I want to thank you guys so much for coming on the show. It's been such I love you. I love you guys so much. So I want to thank you all for joining us today. We have new ceremonies for next for this year. Um, three moon dances and many seminars in February, starting February. For all the information, please go to www.sacredwoman.org. Again, that's www.sacredwoman.org or you can write to sacredwoman144 at gmail.com you have questions, concerns, comments just write to us if you have uh, anybody you'd like to see on our show again contact us at sacredwoman144 at gmail.com we truly hope that you enjoyed this show, and we'll be back next week at 6 o'clock. Thank you so much for joining us today. On July 27th, CIA has been infiltrated. We're going to have to go it alone. This is a bad idea. Is it ever a good one? Honestly. The threat comes from within. You go rogue. He's been authorized to hunt you down and kill you. No hard feelings. This is a suicide mission. I'm sorry, what? 
Tom Cruise. Ethan, what are you waiting for? I'm jumping out a window. Sorry, good luck. Mission Impossible Fallout. This film is not yet rated. Tickets on sale now. Are you ready for some fireworks? Because Banana Republic Factory is about to celebrate our mega summer sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99, shorts from $16.99. It's insane. Grab your friends. Banana Republic Factory. See you there.